Ladies and gents, welcome back. Welcome back to the 68th time I've done this, the 68th Moyes Health Podcast. And I really do hope you guys are getting something from these podcasts and they're helping you just become a bit more mindful and aware in your own lives. That's what the whole point of me spending this time recording them for is. And it's one of the reasons why I always want to make sure you guys get the best quality podcast and not just fillers for the sake of adhering to a schedule. So when they do come around, I hope they were worth the wait as opposed to a a listen, which is very much a case of don't really care, mate. Thank you for that one, but wasn't really relevant. Because the reason why I record these is because this kind of podcast is exactly the kind of thing that I wish I had heard over the years of my life. Particularly in my 20s, this is the kind of thing not just from a fat loss perspective, because I'm sure any of my regular listeners will know that we've evolved far beyond that at this point. But I really wish I had something like this to turn to, to encourage self-reflection, to encourage me to look at the way that I lived my life, look at the way I approached everything I did, the way I acted, the way I spoke, the way I conducted myself, and just something to remind me of the importance of being wrong, the importance of understanding that you are flawed, but that doesn't mean that you must forever be. Because I do believe that far too many people don't spend enough time looking inwards. They don't spend enough time analysing their own actions. People are all too quick to criticise someone, all too quick to have a go at someone's behaviour or gossip and slag someone off. But without considering their part in it, it takes two to tango, as the old saying goes. And so if you never actually consider your input and your response, which we'll get to shortly, with any confrontation or issue you're facing in your life, then you're missing half of the story. And yeah, try reading a story when half of the pages are missing and you'll soon realize it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to be able to respond appropriately to be able to make the best decisions in your life, not just for you, but for those around you and particularly for the other party or whatever the situation may be, you've got to have as much of the story as possible. You've got to have a clear view of as much of the picture as you can to make an informed decision about what you do next. So let's discuss things going forwards and delve into a podcast which I really, really wanted to record because this is a topic which was spurred on Simply by a line in a TV show that I watched, you, if I'm uh, if I'm honest, it was season three, and we were about three, maybe four episodes into it, and Joe and Love, the characters, are sat in front of their counsellor, and their counsellor says to them, whilst they're trying to fix their very, very, um, what's the word, <laughs> dysfunctional relationship, She says that there's a difference between a reaction and a response. The former is impulsive, the latter is considered. And that's what I want to delve into, particularly in this podcast today, because we of all, myself more so than anyone, have been guilty of reacting as opposed to responding. Think of a stressful circumstance. Think of an argument or when someone criticizes you. What's the first thing you do? You jump to your own defense. You defend yourself, your actions, You immediately react to the words that are being laid upon you and you do so out of impulse. You do so out of emotion. 
Those words have stirred something within you. And so you feel it prudent and just to respond immediately or react immediately. The problem with this is this is how arguments begin. And this is how damage gets done. We work very much from nine times out of 10, a selfish, reactive, emotional perspective, as opposed to considering every avenue, every angle. Empathy rarely comes into it when we react to circumstances or individuals or trauma or stress. Rarely do we actually consider the full picture. We simply consider our side and want to be proven to be just and honorable. We've all done it. I've done it a million times in my life. I mean, Christ, some of the arguments I used to have back in the day just boggles the mind how in that moment you can get so lost. And that's the thing. When we consider it afterwards, when we look back on the argument through non-red mist, we then actually begin to consider every avenue, consider where someone else was coming from. Now, I've very much approached this podcast from the off like an argument between two people. But this isn't just encompassing that. It's also encompassing a stressful situation you find yourself in, such as emotional eating. Don't ever think that these podcasts can't be applied to more ways than just dieting, which is, I guess, why I tend to lead down that road. But from a dieting food reaction perspective, reacting and the emotional response triggered by stress is the thing that we're trying to solve or at least reduce or reduce the intensity of. That emotional response is not always a bad thing. Emotions aren't a bad thing. It makes us human. It makes us interesting. It means we care. But in a lot of circumstances, reacting emotionally and impulsively rarely helps us doesn't help us in arguments it certainly doesn't help us when it comes to our relationship with food and movement and so like i said that's why i wanted to go a little bit deeper in this podcast and encourage you guys to reflect on the way that you respond to stress the way that you respond to situations in your life which are possibly out of your control and the emotions that are stirred up within those circumstances and within that reaction because going back to this quote from you There's a difference between a reaction and a response. The former is impulsive, the latter is considered. Is that it is far more productive, far healthier, far better for your health, both physically and mentally, to respond to stress or stressful circumstances than it is to react to them. Because with a response, as mentioned, it's considered. You've thought about it. You've considered the angles. You've considered the morality you've put some thought into it and this is ultimately what we're trying to do when it comes to things like emotional eating we're trying to give ourselves a second to think to remove the red mist or to take ourselves out of the fog of emotion or the fog of the stress and give ourselves a second to think now i spoke about this in a live to my academy monday just gone and i spoke about two things which i use to be able to control that side. And I'm not saying it's 100% successful all the time. Don't think for a second I'm sat here like the fucking martyr going, yeah, I've got it right, guys. You need to do this. My whole approach and this podcast in particular is to share with you fuck-ups I've made 
and ways in which I am making them less fuck-ups as time goes on. One of them being the checkpoint analogy. Now, I won't go super in-depth with this one, but basically, when I'm faced with a stressful circumstance, it's important to give yourself an opportunity to think before you react. You need to give yourself a chance to respond to the circumstance as opposed to reacting to it. So in my mind, I think of a checkpoint. I think of a road. And as you drive down that road, there is a barrier across it, a red and white barrier with a little hut next to it and a, an armed officer, an armed guard in the hut. And again, stay with me on this. That's my checkpoint. And the guard comes out and basically, as I'm driving in my car or walking up, whatever, and the guard comes up to the window and you know, basically says to me, and this is, again, in my subconscious, happening within microseconds, are you sure you want to do that? And if the answer is yes, and it's considered, then he opens the checkpoint and I go on to the next one. Usually there's two. And if he says, if I say no to the guard, then it takes me out of the circumstance I realise what I'm doing. Now, I'm well aware at this moment in time of the podcast, you're probably thinking, whoa, mate, you are fucked. What, 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 this is weird. What, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. To take it a step back, the whole idea behind this thought process is to give myself a chance to think. Now, this is what just springs to mind when I think of calming down. Whenever a circumstance hits, I think of this image in my mind, which is, you could argue, my happy place to go to to give myself an opportunity to consider my response as opposed to reacting to the emotion. Case in point, stressful circumstance arrives. I am about to react impulsively. But instead, I take a breath, I close my eyes, I pause, and I picture the checkpoint. The guard comes to my window. Moisey, do you really want to do that? Do you really want to go through this checkpoint? Do you really want to make that decision? Do you really want to react in that way? And a lot of the time, that is enough to interrupt the habit. The habit of the cue, which is the trigger, the stress that led to me feeling this way. And that checkpoint is enough to stop me executing the habitual action. If you guys want to know more about habits, by the way, awesome book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. Read it years ago and all my days really changed my outlook on things. So I'd wholeheartedly encourage you to read that. And the good news is it's available in book and audiobook format. And also there's actually available in a condensed book version as well. But it's really interesting in terms of the psychology behind habits. Anyways, I digress. A lot of the time that thought process is enough to stop me in my tracks to make me consider, to make me respond to the situation as opposed to react. Now, I never used to do this with things like text messages. I never used to do this with well, messages in general. You know, anger gets the better of you and you immediately want to prove yourself right. You immediately want to attack or defend yourself to the person which has sent a message or whatever and criticizing you. And I've learned particularly through coaching, that sometimes when you're coaching people, they get emotional. And sometimes they disagree with the way in which you have advised them to do things. And that's okay. The whole point of coaching is it's a conversation after all, not a dictatorship. And sometimes I'll get messages back which aren't necessarily always friendly. Sometimes I will get reactions that aren't always polite um, and considered. Now, through enough experience of this, 
I know that it's far better for me to pause and not respond to that text message immediately, to sleep on it, to think overnight, perhaps to consider every avenue from where that message came and then respond a few hours or the next day. End of the day, rarely is it the end of the world to allow the other person to just sit in their thoughts because they've reacted in their way. And a lot of time, the funny thing is when I leave these messages and I don't respond straight away because I don't want to bite back, if you will, when I then go to respond the following day, there is already a message from the other person who has then considered their reaction and has then sent a follow-up message saying, or a retraction, or an adjustment, or a slightly calmer response. Or, (laughs) as what happens a lot of the time, particularly on WhatsApp, uh, you get that little thing that pops up that says, this message has been deleted. (laughs) So, both of us in that situation learning that responding is far better than reacting. The person sent the message was a reaction. Because I didn't react, it gave them a chance to consider and therefore respond more appropriately. However, if I had reacted back, if I had impulsively replied through emotion back to their message, all it would have been is a game of reaction tennis. And this is what text messages can sometimes be. This is what arguments can sometimes be. Sometimes the best thing to do is shut the fuck up. You don't need to take the high ground. You don't need to win the battle. What's far more important is that there isn't a war in the first place, not to win the war. Therefore, the better option is to shut up, let that person win the battle, let that person send their message and believe that they are right and just, that they have said something and you have not responded. It's far better to sit on it and consider your response as opposed to just react in that moment. And trust me, I don't think I've yet to find a time where it doesn't work. Now, going back to what I was saying about the checkpoint, to be able to do this, you've got to give yourself a chance to think. I use the text message analogy because I think we've pretty much all been there. And by not responding, by giving yourself this this thing of going, nope, don't respond now because you may say something you'll regret. By giving yourself the opportunity to respond rather than react immediately, you do automatically give yourself time to think. Now, what about in the broader scheme of things? What about outside of text messages and arguments? What about things then? Well, as discussed previously on this podcast, and to be honest, as I've used closing this podcast, I don't just say it because it is a nice little tagline or something to close the podcast with. I say it because it really is this important to me in terms of my own personal growth. And it is my serenity filter. I literally picture a fucking meat grinder and that meat grinder is my serenity filter. And every problem I face, including all of the things that I want to react to, I chuck it into the serenity filter. Accept the things that you cannot change, have the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. That's the serenity quote. Converting that into the serenity filter, I chuck it in. Accept the things you cannot change, therefore you chuck a problem into it. Can you change this? Think of a a flow chart, if you will. Can you change this? No, don't worry about it then. Can you change this? Yes, you can. Okay, what can you do? You can do this. Okay, get to work then. The serenity filter is 
massive and has been huge, particularly in the last few years for me, for really, firstly, giving myself a chance to pause, and secondly, really considering my response. Because a lot of the time to our problems in life, we can't do anything about them. The only thing we can really do is change the way that we respond to those problems. This is where so many people go wrong. This is what I personally believe is the cure to things like binge eating disorder and the cure to impulsive reactions which are negative to consider the rationale behind things because a reaction is emotional and rarely do emotions and rational thinking go hand in hand. So you need to give yourself an opportunity for rational thinking to come into play. You need to give yourself that pause. And the serenity filter, I find, really does help me filter the things in my life to not stress about those things that I have no control over. After all, accept the things that you cannot change, have the courage to change the things you can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Not saying this is an overnight fix, but once you chuck something into that filter and it comes out that you can't do anything about it, you're much more likely to focus on all the things you can control as opposed to obsessing over every element you have no control over. Again, this is not a behavior that's learned overnight. This is one which is developed over time like a skill. And so it's got to be persisted with. It's not just here's a 25-minute podcast, listen to it, you're cured. It's a case of come back to this episode. It's a case of constantly strive to apply the principles of responding rather than reacting and the serenity filter in every walk of your life, be it with work and the stresses you face, be it with your colleagues, be it with your friends, be it with the people around you, be it with your family. Considering your responses is far more productive, not just for you, but for the dynamic of all of those things. You've got to remember, a impulsive reaction can absolutely and catastrophically destroy any foundation or dynamic or equilibrium you have in any of those circumstances. So responding is not just the choice. It's not a case of do I respond or do I react? Response should be the go-to in 99.9% of cases because by responding, you've considered things. That's not always to say that, you know, by considering everything, you're always going to be right because it's very not the very much not the case. Sometimes you won't think to consider things from certain angles. But by giving yourself a chance to calm down, by giving yourself a chance to reflect what then, well, what you then have in your arsenal is the ability to calmly converse with that person, to know your side, to have considered your side of the argument, but then be open to listen to theirs. And again, during that conversation is very important that we can continue to respond rather than react. We've got two ears and one mouth. Use them in that ratio. And that is definitely something that I'm trying to teach my children at the moment. Two ears, one mouth, use them in that ratio. And this is something that I often remind myself of on a Friday when I'm responding to my clients. Be careful not to talk at people. Consider everything they're going through and respond appropriately as opposed to just talk, 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 talk. Listen more so than talk. Once obviously you've thrown things into the serenity filter and once you've given yourself an opportunity to think, it's then important that you take action because a mistake once is 
that very thing. It's very much just a mistake. You're human. It happens. It's going to continue to happen. But the same mistake repeated becomes a choice. So it is important that we change things. The serenity filter is not a case of do I do something or not. That's not how it works. After all, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, just because you can't always change the physical circumstance doesn't mean you can't change your reaction to it, your response to it. There is always something that can be done with any stressful circumstance. It's never a case of, can you do anything about it? No. Well, don't worry about it then. Because nine times out of ten, it is a case of, can you do anything about it? Not physically. And therefore, the don't worrying about it is doing something about it in the sense of you are controlling yourself and recognizing that you physically cannot control the actual circumstance. So therefore, you must control your reaction to it. So to give you something easy to remember, I've come up with the three R's. Once you have been through the serenity filter phase, you reflect, you review, and you revise. You reflect on what the problem is. You review what you're able to do about it. And you revise your approach. Reflect, review, revise. Write that one down because it's going to be very helpful for you going forwards when it comes to controlling your stress. And trust me, one of the biggest ways that I apply this is as a parent. Very, very easy to lose your shit, folks. Very easy. When you're not listened to, when there's so much noise, particularly with triplets, they are always fucking arguing amongst themselves. And so you have to make sure that your responses are considered They're not reactions because reactions don't really help. Trust me, in the five years we've had the trio so far, we have been through a myriad of reactions and responses and we've learned a lot. We've learned that rarely does a reaction like a, oh my God, kind of reaction ever actually get the outcome we want. Rarely does it change the way that they respond in the future. Rarely does it work in the actual moment itself. A quieter voice tends to be a louder voice. Here's another one to write down. And finally, with all this circumstance, you've got to prioritize. Once you have got your revision, once you've reflected, you've reviewed, and then you've revised what you're going to do, you need to prioritize what's important, what is going to offer the most bang for your buck when it comes to the changes in your life. What are you going to do which is going to make the biggest difference to the circumstance? How are you going to prioritize to ensure that first things first, you tackle the problem which is the most important? Because sometimes you'll chuck a litany of problems into your serenity filter and you'll find that, can you do something about them? Yes. Can you do something about that one? Yes. Can you do something about this one? Yes. And therefore, then what do you do? You're faced with a wealth of problems. How in God's name do you face all of them at once? You don't. You prioritize. You focus on solving each problem. I've mentioned this in the podcast a long time ago, and I spoke to my academy about it again a long time ago. I think pretty much the beginning of COVID, the beginning of lockdown, because it was a great analogy. It's from the film The Martian. And spoiler alert, by the way, at the end of the film, Matt Damon's character Mark Watney has made it home. And a few years have passed since he returned from Mars after his traumatic uh, escapades. Again, if you're listening to this, sorry, I've just fucked the film for you. But, you know, it's been out a while (laughs) and I did warn you. 
He's in a teaching hall, he's in a classroom, and he's talking to his students back at the university. He's now a professor. And one of his students asks him, how, how did you do it? How did you keep the will to survive? How did you keep pushing forwards? And he responds and he goes, it's just problem solving. He said, if you try to think of the big picture, it will drown you. But instead, if you simply just focus on solving problems, you find the first problem, you solve it, then you move on to the next problem and you solve that. And then you move on to the problem after that and you solve that. And he said, and if you solve enough problems, then you get to come home. And that's the same situation with regards to your life. That's the same situation with regards to the stressful circumstances that you find yourself reacting to. And it is very much the same situation when it comes to your evolution of yourself, the development of yourself to become a better version of you. It's very much a case of just solve those problems. Instead of focusing on all of the flaws of your character, instead of focusing on all of the problems that you're dealing with, just focus on prioritizing, solve it, move on to the next. Solve it, move on to the next. And if you solve enough problems, life gets better. Not just in terms of your relationship with food and movement, to vaguely sprinkle a little bit of what I do on this podcast, but in terms of yourself too. And the reason why you guys find that I focus so much on the psychology of of this, the psychology of people, is because if you look after your brain, your body will follow. Rarely is it a case that you look after your body and your mind follows. Your brain's in control of everything. So if you look after that guy, all of the actions that you want to take from a fat loss perspective, from a health perspective, physical performance, fitness perspective, all of those things will fall into place. Not only will they fall into place far easier, but you'll be far more consistent and therefore far more successful. Why? Because you focused on where the real problem is, your mind. Your problem with your relationship with food is not in your stomach problem with your relationship with exercise is not in your muscles the problem with all of those is in your mind so if you continue to focus on becoming the best version of yourself to consider your thoughts to respond rather than react to really think about your life and the way that you approach the world your life and the people around you the problems that you face and of course your relationship with food and movement you will solve the problem and if you solve enough problems you get a happy life. Folks, thank you very much for listening. As always, we're two away from 70. And if there's any topics you would like me to cover, jump on Instagram at Chris Moyes and send me a message on there. And if you enjoy this episode, tell me. Genuinely, it fires me up. And so if you want more podcast episodes, keep telling me you're enjoying them because believe me, it does make a big, big difference in the myriad mystical world of life it's very easy to focus on other things but if i I know and i'm reminded of how much these podcasts mean to you guys and how much of a difference they're making to your lives i'd love to hear your stories then reach out let me know and i will record more of them i do plan to get one out once a week but as i've said to you previously i want it to be good i want it to be powerful and i want it to have the impact that it should so thank you Thanks for giving me your time, and I'll see you on the next one. And, of course, I know I've said it a million and one times in this podcast, but fuck it, I'm going to say it again. Remember, 
Grant yourself the serenity to accept everything of which you cannot change. Have the courage to change the things you can and the wisdom to know the difference between them. See you next time. Toodles.